you know, you can go, because Jesus, who came to earth, left the glory of heaven, came to earth, died for those who didn't deserve him, and rose again. This Jesus lives within you. So you have his power, you have him, so you can go. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'll go. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and you just heard from Vera. She's Ukrainian, and she's been serving on the front lines with Samaritan's Purse, risking her own life to bring life-saving relief to people in need. She has worked as a translator, but you'll hear in this episode that she has done so much more than that. Vera was able to help on the ground for months at a time, distributing supplies in extremely dangerous areas in the midst of conflict. But most importantly, she has shared the gospel with those who desperately needed to hear it. We discussed some really hard topics in our conversation as Vera talks about what she's seen on the front lines. It's heavy, but it's so important, and I know you'll be encouraged. So to start, would you just tell me, I know you're from Ukraine, but what were you doing before the invasion? Well, people assume that the war had started a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. while for us and for my family, uh, it started nine years ago. In 2014, my sister's family had to flee. They were homeless, uh, and they moved to the place where they could find refuge. And the day whenever my hometown was shaken by Russian bombs, uh, February 24th last year, Day before, I was an English teacher, <laughs> English mm. language teacher. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you were there when the invasion came, and and as you mentioned, yeah, it's it's been long ongoing. Um, and and I know the pain and the trauma was long before the invasion, but you know that is when I think the world started noticing. We think we know, but that's why I'm so grateful for you to share because you have been there, you have seen it. Um, so yeah, talk to me about when the invasion came. Mm -hmm. Did you think about leaving? Uh, what did the Lord, how did he work in your heart? Yeah. Well, there was a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, whenever people introduce me like, oh, this lady served in the front lines of Ukraine, and they think, oh, wow, she's probably strong, mm -hmm. and she's probably brave. And uh, I think in English language, you say, no, I'm, I'm a chicken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was... So scary to be even at my home because you see the explosions of the bombs like you are in your bedroom and the windows are shaking or just like they just open wide because of the explosions or you look at the window at some point and you see the explosion. Yeah. Well, it was scary. Hmm. But praise God, having godly parents, hmm. um, my dad said, Vera, well, have you read Psalm 91, which said it won't, won't come, come close to me? And he said, well, if you have a hard time believing that it won't come close to you, just hang on like around me and uh, uh, it won't, won't come close to me and you'll be next to me. So don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is like real me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was afraid. But Vera didn't let fear rule her life. One of Vera's friends who was distributing Samaritan's Purse supplies in the conflict zones, she needed a break to care for her family member, and she asked Vera to volunteer in her place. Her initial agreement to help for a few weeks turned into many months. And I love, you know, you mentioned most people think you're brave to be on the front lines of, of the war, but 
you know, you think time and time again in the Bible, you know, God called and used people just like you think of Moses and Gideon and, you know, so many people he called that were afraid and they thought, why me? Who, you know, and so that's why I always love to hear how did you get involved? And so it was a friend initially just needing you to fill in. I think sometimes, you know, the way even he calls us and asks us, he's so sweet and kind and knows how to tenderly prepare us for what he's called us to do. You know the story of Daniel, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. one of us think, like, Daniel, mm -hmm. he, he's a super cool guy. Mm -hmm. um, he's a hero. Mm -hmm. And But when we look at his path, mm -hmm. he was a young man. And first test they had, uh, it was the food. Mm -hmm. I like not a significant thing that other people would maybe even neglect, mm. but he was obedient in trusting God in small things first. Mm. Mm -hmm. And if you make like pay attention next time you read the book of Daniel, you will see that every time the test or mm. the problem gets harder mm. and there is more glory to God. Mm. And uh, it was a huge example for me. It's like, God, don't make us jump off the cliff right away. Mm. Like, it, we think heroes become overnight. Mm -hmm. No, it's not overnight thing. Mm -hmm. It took Daniel many years. Mm. And yeah, it's just an amazing story. It mm -hmm. was very inspiring for me mm. there. Now that I, I want to reread that because I always think of David, you know, and how he was a shepherd and he mm -hmm. killed bears and lions, you know, shepherding. And so that's when he went before Goliath. You know, he said, I know, mm -hmm. I, you know, because of my God, I've seen him mm -hmm. help me kill bears and lions. So I know I can go before you. So same thing. God had prepared him in the small things. And it does say, if you're faithful in the small things, you can be faithful with more. Mm -hmm. And people listening, okay, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, even in the small mundane, God is and is using you, wants to use you. And so I think we do when we step out in small ways, he gives us a little more. And I think a lot of times it just we, we can hear him more when we're obedient and when we're faithful. Yeah. Oh, it's true. And faithful obedience. And uh, like, I love the story of Daniel. And we see that every time he brings glory back to God. Mm. And we see that he had friends who prayed with him. Mm. And uh, those things that are very vital for mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. like people who will pray with us, pray for us. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes even working in the front lines, I felt like, oh, that was hard. And yeah, wow, I arrived. And then God like, no, 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 there is more. Hmm. Um, and I feel like this is what Daniel was going through. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. And I yeah, I love his his testimony and his friends. And I think of so now shifting to you being on the front lines. Oh, yeah. I think of the I think of the friends, you know, when they went into the fiery furnace, you know, and they they said, I know my God can save us. But even if not, you know, they went into that furnace boldly. So this is essentially what you're doing. And you know, God is asking you to go to the front lines as an interpreter, but doing many other things, I'm sure. So tell me about, yeah, what it's been like and how you've seen the faithfulness of God in the midst of danger and destruction. Well, I'm I'm an easy to scary person. Mm. And uh, this is another thing, like I don't qualify from, for <laughs> the front lines because I get scared from like simple noises or something. Mm. Uh, and uh, whenever my friend asked me if I can take her place for a little bit, and my mom said, Vera, it's dangerous. Mm. I'm like, yeah, it is dangerous. I know. And she's like, okay, you go to the city 
which is like the biggest city where lots of internally displaced people are. But please don't go to the east, like Eastern Frontline, because we had a base a uh, little bit away. She said, like, Vera, I, I'm afraid. And I'm like, okay, mom, I will stay in the base and do the secretary job, whatever needs to be done, like phone calls from there. But then when I was there, I got used to doing phone calls and I kept in touch with mom and dad. And um, mom was like, okay, Vera, you can go wherever God is calling you to go, but don't tell me because mm. <laughs> I'll be worried. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I'm like, okay, mom, uh, I will, and don't worry, I'll be mindful. I'm not looking for adventure, mm -hmm. uh, but I will go. And uh, it's it was even for me, God didn't throw me in the front lines. Mm -hmm. It was like mm -hmm. a big city not far from the front lines, and then like further and fur further, like three miles away, mm -hmm. five miles away, got used to that, and then mm -hmm. I was like closer. One of those turning points mm -hmm. that was for me, a uh, big one uh, happened when we did uh, medical supplies delivery in the frontline hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the war zone areas, we uh, have checkpoints. And when we got to the military checkpoint, they said, like, guys, don't you see there is a fighter, Russian fighter jet is bombing the town and we're not letting you in. And they say, oh, by the way, don't have your vehicles parked on their road because uh, Russians can see you. Just like, get out of here. Mm -hmm. We had to wait, but they knew we have a couple of pallets of medical supplies. So in my logic, I thought it's dangerous. And well, those, like the supplies they have are vital and they can be beneficial for a couple dozens of people for a few days at least, or even more. And my life and maybe 50 people's life or how many, like mm, I'm one person and like something might happen, might not happen. Like mm -hmm. I wait amount of mm -hmm. people's life. Like, okay, well, it kind of worse even if I die, mm -hmm. but then 50 people or 30 people will be alive because whatever we brought, delivery there. So, and when we were checking the, uh, going through the checkpoint, the military guys took our ID information because they said, oh, in case if you get blown up, we mm. will know whose death we would to report. Well, um, I prayed out loud and the driver heard it. And I'm like, Lord, well, this little girl in my heart is scary. Mm. I'm afraid. Mm. And uh, can you calm down the town for me? Mm. Well, we passed the checkpoint and we've done like paperwork and loading. And there was a lady who asked to evacuate her and the missile hit her apartment. And she asked us to take her to a different town. Mm. And uh, we took her. And she looked at us like questioning who are you? And I'm like, what do you mean, who are you? She's like, are you angels? Hmm. Um, I'm like, uh, we just showed our IDs uh, mm -hmm. to military and uh, the driver is American, like he has American passport uh, and I'm Ukrainian and you just saw our documents. Mm -hmm. 
And she's like, no, you don't get it. Hmm. The town hasn't been as quiet ever since the beginning of the war. Until, and then you came and it got quiet. Hmm. Who is behind you? Do you have Russians behind you? And I'm like, what kind of question is that? And then I realized I prayed and asked God to take care. I'm like, Lord, I was, I'm afraid. Hmm. Like God is caring for our feelings. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I came to God as vulnerable, helpless as mm-hmm. I felt. Mm-hmm. Just opened up my heart. And um, he heard me. Mm-hmm. And it was a big turning point for me. Like mm-hmm. God is taking care, not just the physical part that everyone can see, mm-hmm. but very uh, personal, intimate, mm-hmm. like fears. Mm-hmm. He cares. Mm-hmm. He sees. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, God, if wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Mm-hmm. You saw it, and and you probably didn't even know the ma- the magnitude of yeah how like she had to tell you this has never been quiet. You didn't know that. You've never been there. You didn't know what it's been like. I mean, on a day to day basis, so her awe and wonder almost made you stop and recognize exactly. God, you did this miracle. Well, and I started thinking, how many times in life mm-hmm. we just don't stop, look back, and thank God mm-hmm. for our, for whatever He's right. done, right? Just recognize that He actually did it. Like right. He answered whatever right. I asked for, right? And I was like, yeah. you should be more attentive to whatever right. you ask and whatever God is mm. giving you or answering." Yeah. And that's why I'm sure from then on, and even before that, you know, your senses are more heightened, your awareness, your dependence on the Lord. And and that's how we should all live, you're right, on a daily basis. But unfortunately, we don't, you know, when we're insulated and and protected. So here you are in harm's way and so reliant. I mean, probably praying prayers to you for everything, you know, and and Jesus modeled that. You know, I actually just read of when Lazarus was healed, you know, and before he healed Lazarus, you know, obviously he cried. You know, he had compassion. He he felt human emotions. But then before he healed him, you know, he prayed. He said, thank you, Lord, that you hear my prayer. You know, and he asked God to to raise him and to heal him. And so it's that example we're given from Jesus, you know, to be dependent. I mean, he was dependent. He yeah. prayed. He sought the Lord. Um, and he was God. Um, wow. So, okay. So that is a huge turning point. You sensed his presence, um, and you were willing to go anywhere he called you after that. So tell me, what did God call you to do? You know, what is it like to sit with someone who has suffered so much? Uh, Sometimes we go through pain in our lives, and we think this is it. God doesn't see. He's not there. And um, we can get angry with God. In 2015, my brother passed away. And whenever you're going through pain, um, there is a time for grief. And it's right to grieve, right? But it is important to recognize that where grief turns into accusation of God for whatever He allowed to happen. Mm. And it was in my life. Mm. I remember that moment when I was just crying, like, Lord, I miss my brother. Mm-hmm. And then my tears turn into, Lord, you did wrong thing by uh, letting him die. Mm. And a huge thing with God is asking God, 
Lord, do you understand me? Mm-hmm. Well, we all like being understood. And my question that I often ask God, even in the front lines, is, God, do you even understand me? Mm-hmm. And He does, because His Son died. Mm-hmm. Then when you see suffering people, in most cases, I can relate to them. My parents were missionaries, and whenever Russia invaded the country where they were missionaries, their house was under bombing, and they appeared uh, like became homeless, mm-hmm. uh, and they had to flee. So my family were homeless. Mm-hmm. So I can relate to those internally displaced people who are homeless. So those pains, mm-hmm. but those trusting God even stories that parents told me about mm-hmm. um, my own childhood helped me to relate to those mm-hmm. suffering people mm-hmm. because whenever we hug them, whenever we kiss them, whenever we looked into their eyes, they mm-hmm. could feel like, I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. I understand you. Oh, wow. So you, you really can sit with people in their suffering, understand, cry with them, sit with them. But you're right. I think sitting with you today. I mean, thank you for allowing me in. I think it is just an honor to to allow someone to share their story and share their pain. Um, but we go because there is a need mm-hmm. um, so that we can share the greatest need, which is Christ. And so you you had Christ your whole time. You know, it didn't mean your, your life was easy. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that, you know, we, doesn't mean we're spared from suffering. We live in a fallen, broken world, and there is that. There will always be that. But we can have a hope. And so... I guess, um, and yeah, I was just reading Romans 5 yesterday, you know, 1 through 5. We have been declared righteous by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've obtained access through Him by faith into this grace which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we rejoice in our afflictions because we know affliction produces character. Proven character produces hope. The hope will not disappoint because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And and I don't I don't know suffering. Um, I have walked with people that have suffered, but you do. You know suffering personally, and now through this conflict and through this war, you have walked with those that have suffered. How do you continue to cling to that hope that doesn't disappoint? Because you're right, the world will disappoint us, um, and and um, people have been disappointed that you're mm-hmm. you're ministering to. But how have you seen the faithfulness of God and how have you been able to offer that hope to people? So maybe talk to me about, I, I know there's so many stories you can say, but behind us is, you know, that bag, you know, that that we are, we give out medical supplies and, and food and provision. And I know you gave somebody a loaf of bread that hadn't had bread for months and they mm-hmm. wept. The Samaritan's Purse bag, I love whatever it says under... Uh, the Samaritan's Purse logo mm-hmm. says, God loves you. Mm. And uh, people see God's love in action, mm. not just in words. There is a story I want to share about even the bag, mm. uh, but uh, I will go a little bit back. Mm. Working there, serving there, you cannot do it in your right mind mm. with peace in your heart without abiding in God's Word. Mm. In one of those cities, uh, everyone knows that there were Russian sympathizers. But as a humanitarian aid organization, you don't look at people's Mm -hmm. uh, political view. You help everyone who is in need. 
In this even picture, you can see the wood stove uh, that Samaritan Spurs provided. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did the same. We distributed the wood stoves in that small town. After distributing the wood stoves and uh, coming back to town where we stayed, I had conversation with God. Mm. That early morning, I was like, Lord, I don't want to go there. Mm. I don't want to go there. There are Russian sympath sympathizers. Uh, I don't want to help them. I want to help my country. I want to help my people. But those people are not good. And uh, if I die, they, they're bad people. They don't deserve me to die. Hmm. And I was like so satisfied sitting there like, they don't deserve me to die. And um, God was like, so if Jesus had the same mindset hmm. coming to earth, do you deserve him coming? And like, if Jesus would come for good ones, what? Like, worth for that. Then I'm like, yeah, God, you're right. I was just sitting there for a while, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, but I'm not Jesus. Mm -hmm. I was all like so satisfied. Mm -hmm. You know, I won the argument against God, kind of. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're not Jesus. But have you read the Bible, Galatians 2.20, mm -hmm. which says, I've been crucified with Christ, and no longer I who live, but Christ lives within me. So, Vera, just so you know, it's not you, it's Jesus. Hmm. who's in you i'm like okay and you know you can go because jesus who came to earth left the glory of heaven came to earth died for those who didn't deserve him mm -hmm. and rose again this jesus lives within you so you have his power you have him so you can go i'm like okay lord i'll go <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, we went that day. It was the sweetest day. Mm. It was um, the day when we got so many mm. um, emotions. And uh, we went around, we just prayed with people, we hugged people, and uh, they cried. We prayed together. And one lady came up to me and she's like, so I was sitting in my basement, in the basement of our apartment block, and I wanted to take my life. I just thought there is no more hope, mm. and I don't want to live anymore. And then I saw the bag you gave me, mm. like the other day, and it said, God loves you. And then I started thinking, maybe God actually loves me. Mm. And, uh, and then you came. Mm-hmm. And you brought like food and uh, it was the place where they had no electricity, no water, no gas. So we brought candles. It was Jan December 29th. We brought candles, we brought sweets mm. and uh, besides the uh, essential food supplies, mm -hmm. uh, we brought those uh, lanterns. Mm -hmm. The solar, solar lanterns. Yes. And people were so happy. Mm. But the most important thing, we prayed with them, and uh, they were shocked for, uh, some of them said, we could say God didn't forget us, hmm. like there is hope, like mm -hmm. you didn't forget us, uh, and you still bring us stuff. 
Hmm. Um, painful part of that story is hmm. that five days later, Russians came to that town and uh, the Russian officer who was in charge of taking over that area ordered to kill all the civilians. Hmm. And I had those mixed feelings because you see the grace and mercy of God. Mm -hmm. And in the same place, you see the evil. Mm -hmm. And you realize that grace and mercy of God is stronger mm -hmm. than the evil that they did there. Mm. And like, Lord, thank you for encouraging me enough mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to uh, want to go there and do it with peace and joy and a uh, genuine smile on my face. Mm share the hope of Christ. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being faithful. And and I appreciate your honesty. You know, we see that in the Bible time and time again. You think of Jonah, who didn't want to go, you know, and, and not just because he was afraid, but mainly because he knew God would forgive them if they turned to him. You know, he said, because you're faithful, you're loving, your your faithfulness abounds. You know, he didn't want to preach to them because he didn't think they deserved it. You know, he knew that if they repented, God would forgive them. And he didn't think the Ninevites deserved that. And we do in our humanity, we want to judge. And so mm -hmm. I, I thank you for your faithfulness and your obedience because yeah, we it's not our will, it's God's that that is to be done. And we are just to be faithful. I hope that hearing Vera's stories from the front lines has impacted you. Uh, she has so many more amazing stories to tell, so stay tuned for part two of my conversation with Vera that will be coming out next week. Please continue to pray for Ukraine, as countless people are still suffering. Pray for peace and an end to this conflict, and pray for our Samaritan's Purse staff and people like Vera who are still serving there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week.